everybody. Welcome to About What Matters. This is a special Coen Brothers blowout extravaganza podcast. Mm. <laughs> um, I'm joined by my brother Shane. What up, Shane? How you guys doing? And uh, first time guest, ex SB Nation, uh, current head of branded content. Is that right, Got Rob? It. Yep. At Barstool Sports, which is a big job. And, you know, aspiring writer, director, Rob Langevin. What up, Rob? What's good? Good having you here, man. I'm excited. Yeah, Yeah, cool. Excited to have you. Coen Brothers. Absolutely. This this comes on. We decided to do this on the heels of the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, which dropped on Netflix almost two weeks ago now. Um, well received. Well received anthology film, six stories of about 20 minutes each. There's a couple shorter ones in there. This is the Coen Brothers kind of foray into digital distribution. I'm curious to hear. Rob's thoughts on that. This is kind of a thing that I've been following with Netflix and and the whole controversy with Cannes and with the Oscars kind of shunning yeah. the Netflix um, model, I guess, so to speak. The Coens didn't give a shit, did they? No, no. <laughs> it's crazy too. Uh, yeah. Like right out the gate, they put something together that yeah, I mean, uh, to say an anthology, you know, of a bunch of shorts is experimental is is not true. But in like today if you were to jump into that and not know where you're getting, you would be very confused at what you were getting. Totally. You you would like, say you were, you were someone who knew the Coen brothers and you pop that on thinking you were getting a full Coen brothers feature. You would be yeah, like, huh? Would, so it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a, it's a, it's a I totally really agree. odd choice for Netflix. It's a really odd choice for Coen brothers. I have strong takes as to like my thoughts on the whole experience, but I think pretty fucking cool to, for Netflix to take that shot and for Coen Brothers to say, let's go and this is this is what we're going to do with you guys. Well, the, the whole thing was initially announced, right, as a, basically a miniseries. Is, is that correct? I mean, were they were going to release this as basically just Netflix, weren't they, as a show? I think that was misinformation. I okay. Think, All right. Um, the info that came out, which the Coens don't really They don't say much, yeah. Much for press releases, right. whatever. The info that came out said... There were probably someone at Netflix looking at the script and seeing episodes or chapters thinking, oh, these are only 20 minutes long. This is going to be a show. Right. Okay. And I think it just kind of crept disseminated out that the way. wrong okay. way. Yeah, that's that makes about sense. Yeah. Okay. And the Coens were like, we didn't really care. To, All right. Yeah, because I was going to say that, you know, if, if that were the case uh, where it wasn't initially going to be that, um, that makes it an even interesting story about how the Coen brothers went about this. Right. You know, um, but... But really interesting to 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 see them go with it, you know, as a release Listen, on Netflix and in and in theater. When is it supposed to hit the theaters? It was in the theaters a week before it. Oh, it was it came out on okay. Netflix. All right. Um, which I think is I, I think it's Netflix being like, yeah, okay, I, we get it. You guys want the you know the greatest living filmmakers to you want to see their movie in the theater. It's the same with. It's the same with Martin Scorsese when it was announced that they were gonna well, that they were gonna finance and distribute um, um, Irishman, The Irishman, yeah, the upcoming film from from Martin Scorsese. It was the same. I had the same reaction as, "Am I gonna be able to see this in the theater? It's a Martin Scorsese movie. Right. I need to be able to go to see certain, this in the theaters. Yeah, it would be uh, I think disappointing for a lot of people if they were like different you know. experience. I mean, I think honestly, I think uh, Buster Scruggs would have been a different experience in the theater. Uh, I agree. For me. It, I, I'm disappointed in myself that I didn't go. That's the thing with the Coen Brothers, and we'll, we'll get into that, right? Is yeah. 
I don't know. I've seen every Coen Brothers film, and I've seen every film multiple times. Well, let's jump right. And like, let's so, right, jump right in. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm hoping maybe this can yeah. motivate you. Is to me, it's about the humor. It's about like, it's about the tone, and I think especially Buster Scruggs is you you get this sense of funny and dark comedy a lot in it mm-hmm. and me sitting beside my wife watching it way different than yeah, a what, theater yeah. full of people who know we and are in on it exactly because i like exactly there, there are definitely saying. probably 10 to 15 laugh out loud moments spaced out through all of them yeah. that m- i might have tittered at two of them right i, I totally agree right right and you kind of like <laughs> not to say you want to be in on the joke but at this point in their career and with with you know their filmography i'm pretty sure they know who you know like who they're how audiences. they time out their joke mm-hmm. and what's going to hit and who's who it's going to hit for and right. when yeah. and i don't know it just uh i wish i had seen it in the theater to be honest with you it, it um but yeah and that goes kind of to my point is that like like for instance the first time i saw uh the big lebowski i i probably laugh at the film more now and every time I watch it more so than I have definitely the, more so than the first time I saw it. And I get it now more and I actually enjoy it now more. And that happens a lot with me in the Coen Brothers films where like, and so there's a certain part of it being on Netflix and seeing it for the first time and yeah. going, you know, I wish I had to going to see it in the theater. And I think there aren't a ton of uh, directors that would be capable of doing this, but going to see it in the theaters, I think, Seeing it on Netflix first, I don't think it would take away from you going to see it oh, in the definitely. theaters. I mean, and I think the Coen Brothers are their their rewatch value is yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's through, through the roof. roof. Yeah, yeah you can't, it's insane. It's it's agree. Just to like jump off of that, which I think is like a really cool point, is I remember the first time I saw a Coen Brothers movie, and this was like, I think it, I think the first one I saw was Barton Fink. To be honest with you, wow. Um, it may have been Big Lebowski, but I think it was Barton Fink. Okay, and. Their movies aren't aren't just regular movies. Like they're like any auteur, they're really special and they're very nuanced because yeah. the people behind it really, really care, care about the detail. Exactly. And so, you know, when you're, you know, nine year old me and you're like watching The Rock and you're watching, you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. The Mummy, yeah. and then you watch Barton Fink, you go, you're like, fuck is this? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. And obviously, it takes a bit, you know, you need to like start to become a cinephile and start to really like care about the craft and all that stuff. But yeah, you really got to dive in. And yeah, come, come but once you understand that and you really care about what these guys are trying to make, <clears throat> that's when that like real specialness comes out. And well, I think that's probably where the, the rewatchability comes in. Yeah. Because every time you watch it, you can pick up on something new, which is, in, it's incredible how many times I've watched some of these films and still find something that just blows me away. That exactly. I didn't catch the time before or, or, you know, I don't know. It's just, and then they, they become that much more special to me. And then like, I, I mean, I would go see no country for old men mm-hmm. in theaters. Yeah. If we were in theaters right now, right. just because it's a special, like, so that's kind of what I'm saying is like these well, these films like I don't I think going to see it in theaters would be uh just a whole other experience again. Yeah. This podcast we're basically going to like just going to scratch the surface on on uh, about what the the entire scope of what what a Coen Brothers movie even is, right? But the thing that I've that I've found and this is a, a kind of a point I wanted to get to and ask the opinion of of you guys is the thing that presents itself to me each time I each kind of subsequent viewing of a Coen Brothers movie, and and I've seen them all 
multiple times, mm-hmm. many over 10 times. I, I probably shouldn't even admit that, but, um, there's, there's a thing that happens when you rewatch their stuff and you just, like you said, Shane, it, things present themselves, but on the overall picture, what presents itself to me is that they are, the scripts become tighter each time to me yeah. because they don't waste a moment on film. That, they're, yes. they're so specific <laughs> and, and every scene has such a point and it may not make sense to you the first time. It's oh, like it the, may not make sense to you the, the fifth time. The, the, the Yanagida scene in Fargo mm-hmm. didn't make any sense to me why the first time. Why is the scene time. there? Why yeah. is the, why? And, that, and that's kind of how I approached the rewatch is like, what, what are they Th- them there's always an that's intent such, that's such a good example there's, th- there's the, always an intent there's always an intent and like yeah. with that in mind the rewatches become like like a uh like a um it's almost like a scavenger hunt yeah it's almost like you're testing yourself to try and figure out what they're trying to get across with this scene so right. with that being said the auteur theory the auteur term is thrown around quite a lot and the thing i wanted to present to you guys is they only have a handful of movies that they didn't that aren't from the brain of the coen brothers right there are you know three off the top of my head that are adapted directly from books mm-hmm. or or uh or you know a, a certain version of a book or a remake right true grit true is, is more of the book than right. the original book right or the original, original film movie. yep uh, no Country for Old Men is, is ripped from the pages of Cormac McCarthy. Right. So to you guys, are they writers first in your minds? Are they, are they, is, is that their craft? Because f- by all accounts from, from actors, every word that is on the screen is on the page with every yeah. pause and et cetera. Well, I, I, it's funny cause I, um, yeah. I re I read probably like 25 pages of Fargo before, um, I came out here, uh, and the, the yeah and script yeah the script sorry um and from all accounts and i i tried my best to to find one that i thought was like the best one it all that's there all it's all, all there. the little nuance all yeah. the little kind of pauses mm-hmm. and and things that you would imagine were either improv or a, or an actor saying okay i'm gonna make this choice here right it's all there so that leads you to believe that it's it's their writers first. I mean, I think if anything, they're they're character people first. Mm-hmm. They start with yes, because like their stories matter. Their stories are are, but all of them are. I don't want this, and again, I don't want to like be a, a mm-hmm. heretic. Like I think a lot of their stories are the same. They're they're a farce. Mm-hmm. They're a comedy of errors story. Mm-hmm. Things spiral out of control. Things pile on top of each other. That's generally a Coen Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. And at in then I'm not trying to discredit that because that's a hard thing to write. But they're at their core, they are a character studies. At their core, they're whether it's one or two or three people, and that and that goes back to why like I thought Busker Scrubs was a little bit tough to watch is I really wanted that character to, to, to hold, you know, hang my hat on and, mm-hmm. and to follow through this, yeah. this, this, this adventure. And I didn't get that there, mm-hmm. but to me, it's all about their characters. I think. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I would certainly agree with Rob that, um, I think that's a really interesting way to look at it with the whole characterization thing. Um, I, I would agree that they're writers first. Mm-hmm. And I think mainly because 
I think what they did when they made the films like No Country and True Grit that weren't written by them, I think at that point in their career, they had already proven themselves as writers, right? The, the movies that had come before that were incredible. Um, I think even with the fact that No Country was taken, you know, like you said, right from the book, um, I still think they're able to use their writing um, to 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 apply their sensibility, yeah, yeah to, to apply their sensibilities to the sure. movie. So, regardless of the fact that if they're making a movie that is written by somebody else, they're gonna look at it from their point of view, mm-hmm. whether they're taking the dialogue or not, and maybe maybe the maybe the maybe the dialogue isn't quote unquote you know written by them, but the movie in in a broader context is still in my eyes written by them or yeah or kind of written through their their mouths yeah so yeah uh in in a in a sort of philosophical way right so i would say that they're they're writers first and that 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 doesn't mean that you can't do a film that isn't written by you you know that's just a different project well as you know i i think yeah global like on a a broader sense i i would absolutely say that they're, they're writers first that make they're writers that make movies I, I I agree that their writing is what makes them brilliant, but you also can't take away from their filmmaking. Well, that's what I, mean, I was just going to say. Don't want, is, I don't want to make that, that statement and go, you know. Well, listen, it, it was making notes for this for this podcast. I'm I'm going through the things that you know I think about when I think about the Coens, and the writing is always exquisite. Whether it's the same story or not, I think you know they're of the crime fiction kind of background where story plot doesn't really matter i mean raymond chandler will be the first to tell you that the the plot of the book isn't really what the book's about you know even he doesn't know who killed you know there's that famous anecdote of of faulkner calling him on when he wrote the big sleep to be like raymond like who killed this character and raymond chandler's fuck if i know well i think we could talk about a a multitude of our favorite directors in that sense uh, but my my point is that you know the the works that they've adapted, and even and even I would count Big Lebowski as is is basically a Raymond Chandler yeah, story. Yeah, Miller's Crossing is basically a Dashiell Hammett novel. Right, True Grit from the from the book. No Country straight from the book. I read the book; it's fucking brilliant. Right, and it's almost word for word. So when I look at movies like Miller's Crossing, I just rewatched True Grit and No Country for Old Men. Those movies are directed on a level that is rarely reached they are craftsmen in the director's sense too yeah, right which makes me think man i don't know which i would pick for them you know the, the 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 director in them is 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 as good as anyone who's ever worked on american soil that's as right as far as i'm concerned right Rob, what do you think yeah i mean no the and i but I, to me it it kind of is like a trickle down thing because and i i'm like you know i i don't want to like I write a lot and I love to see my work made at some point. But the funny thing is, is when you're writing it, it's already done. Like you see it in your head and there's like, these are, we're talking, we're talking about geniuses here. Like I, like I'm, I'm novice level. Right. And I, I and I know how to see it. I know what I like. Yeah. Like the movie, you better have a vision. Yeah. If you've written it, you better have a vision. If you've written it, the movie's made in your head. That's right. And obviously one comes with the other. It's a tougher thing to replicate on frame. It's a tougher thing to replicate with a different human. Like, okay, now say it this way. No, do you know, you're making, you're helping them make choices. You're making choices for them. You're telling them how to block, you know, you're blocking scenes 
and you're definitely right their their direction and their consistency through scenes with like motivation and like little character ticks and mm. little like the little nuances the little details that a you know that most directors just kind of say ah the, the actor's doing their thing why why change that mm, you know right. they are very particular you can tell just like through the blocking and choices actors make so i think you're right too they're i mean they're phenomenal directors there's definitely no question it's mostly yeah it, it comes down to in their heads what's, and what's funny is we say heads and that's a whole thing that you could talk about forever how <laughs> these two people Think. have this shared vision yep. and they must have just this incredible yeah, relationship let's not forget, that no one should ever let's talk not about. forget that this is two, two people <laughs> yeah it's but the thing is we don't talk about them that way we yeah. talk we about them like really, they're one that, person that's a great point which is just it's like it's insane you don't know and i i read this thing once about how um on set great point you can go up to either of them and ask a, a question about a thing and you'll get the same answer from both of yeah, them right. and, and, and like any scope mm. from you know the color of a dress to the you know the the light coming through a window well, to like the like the blocking of a character entering a room like yeah. it's all they, like consistent and i would argue that that doesn't come from i mean based on what i've seen from the guys in interviews and that sort of thing that doesn't i would say that that you can't make a strong case that that comes from the communication between the two no. because well, these guys aren't talkers. It's got to happen gotta in the writing process. A, it's got to like be when they're writing it, they must be acting it out and talking like, it's, and that's why I think like maybe this direction is all done there. It's all yeah, like, and, and yeah. to that point, if you look at it from Rob's perspective that right. he just made, mm-hmm. you're basically saying that, um, the movie making comes with the writing, like yeah. the the visuals come with yeah, the writing, yeah. and and the visuals can't happen without the writing almost happening first, almost totally. in, in a sense. So the, I think that's another kind of case that you're making to call them writers first, and what they're writing is creating these visuals in their head, right? So they, you you know they're 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 it's almost like they're writers that have the uh, privilege. Of of putting it to film. What's yeah? What's the term? You know? what's, what's the word that describes somebody that has like a it's synesthesia? A, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. almost like, like they're that yeah. or something. Right. While they're writing, there's this visual. You know, it's, the, the, the sec, this other sense. I just think I just think they're they're so well read, and they understand so much about the literary element of of pop culture, which is to say, genre. Let's let's put it that way. They're so well read in genre, um, and then and then beyond that history, you can just tell film history. You mean or beyond, just in general? Beyond history yeah. in general. Okay. I heard them just talking on on uh, Fresh Air with Terry Gross. They just were on Fresh Air talking about um, making Buster Scruggs yeah. and and reading firsthand accounts of of the wagon train. The wagon train. Yeah. First-hand accounts, they're, re- they're going back and reading well, first-hand com- accounts. I mean, that about- comes through in, in the dialogue, too. Well, that's what I was doing. Right. That's my point. I mean, yeah. every film that they've ever had that's a, it's that's a his- period piece or anything like that, exactly. the dialogue well, is, Miller's Crossing is so a- specific. Miller's yeah. Crossing is a great example. It's the perfect example for that. I just Because, I just and was- you only get that dialogue to be that way unless you know. If you un- only if you understand if you have a real good understanding about what it was like at the time or what was, you know, all, all of those things. True Grit play. was the same way. And no country is the same way. And I, I just don't think it's a coincidence that they're so well-read historically and that they know how to make it sound from the book. You know what I mean? Like they're, 
they'll 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 be self-deprecating and say, "Oh, we just pulled the dialogue word for word from the book." It's like, but it's not that simple. It's not that simple, no. really, to make it sound real and then be funny on top of it. You it's know like you're I mean? adding these layers that are yeah, almost impossible. Intricate. Would be impossible for me to think so, of adding. I had a I had a point that I wrote down, and I'd like to I'd like to drop it in here because you were just talking about dialogue, um, and this is a little bit of a of a weird analogy, or I guess analogy is not the right word, but like I want to compare the Coen Brothers to Quentin Tarantino real quick. Yeah. Um, yep. Because I think when it comes to dialogue, they are literally. It might even be character too. But at least let's start with dialogue. They they might literally be the exact opposite. Because in Quentin Tarantino okay. movies, you're talking about the coolest characters saying the coolest shit all the time. <laughs> but in Coen Brothers, you're talking about the most mundane, sometimes mm. common mm. characters yeah. also saying the most mundane, common shit, but sounding the coolest motherfuckers yeah. Like yeah. ever. That's and a, I don't know yeah. how that how that works. Because it's definitely different. There, there's two there's no doubt things about it. at the same time. No doubt about but it. But they are... And what's even funny, too, is I like I started like deep diving that even more. And like they both... Like Tarantino and the Coen brothers more or less tell the same type of stories. Yep. Like yeah. that that idea of, of you know, the, the pulp... Yeah. Pulpy crime. crime. Yep. It's all that kind of like I mean, things get out of hand. There's a case with money in it or there's buried money or yeah, there's, there's a, you know, uh, characters who don't know what's going on and the other ones do. Yeah. Same fucking deal. Completely different characters, completely different dialogue. Mm-hmm. Same type of movie because like they're so precise and they're so distinct, but odd. Interesting. Uh, extremely interesting point. I, I love that. That's a great point because there is this whole thing where you kind of you can go in you can go into a Coen Brothers film and like analyze the dialogue in the way we just did and then go to a Tarantino film and analyze his di- dialogue and they're they're so different in that sense but you get a similar feeling almost from them in terms of like how pr- how specific they are uh, i can imagine Tarantino knows exactly what he wants to come across in in his dialogue in his films right they they're just the complete opposite in that sense in the way the characters are they suck. They both suck me right in when I watch their their dialogue and their film. I mean, some some of Tarantino's dialogue is just unbelievable it's, as well. It's got to really boil down just to like, you know, these guys aren't making Lord of the Rings, and by that I mean you got to world build, you yeah. know, and and you got to take every chance you can to world build. So yeah. how do you do that if you're making a movie that's character driven? Dialogue. You live in the dialogue. You that's where you, you make it live in the universe. To. That's where you, you build really don't your have space. a choice. Um, I totally agree. Yeah, they've yeah. never, they've never even tried to make an epic. Yeah. You know, because what would you do? Even Hail you, Caesar. You, you can't. Yeah, yeah. I've always Hail Caesar that kind of is not making fun of, but it's it's a you know it's a take on old Hollywood where fifties Hollywood where they were making these biblical epics. They don't even. There's not even one film that comes close to being an epic coen brothers movie there's a handful of characters in each movie there's not they don't have special special effects rarely special effects there's rarely you know swords and and you know yeah right explosions and because you and you need to the thing is you need to make it big in the dialogue and the in its context yeah Yeah. and and i think i think uh my, my whole thing has always been and I'm not just not just in in film or the Coen Brothers, but in, in art in general. I always have found myself to be more drawn to something that where the box of of rules, and I call it rules, but where the box of the context is a lot smaller 
mm. in terms of what it is you're trying to create inside of this box. Mm -hmm. And you, you're able to create something extremely interesting with, with almost nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I find that to be a much more yeah. um, invigorating and interesting yeah. thing to me than, let's say, for example, Lord of the Rings. I'm not knock knocking Lord of the Rings, but I feel those sort of stories... It gets um, lost in the wind. Almost. The, the story and, yeah. the, and, the, yeah. and the setting is has a big role in what's interesting to people. Well, it's just the, I mean, shit. I think you can, you can make a pretty easy like analogy of it. Like look at Christopher, like a Christopher Nolan movie mm -hmm. and look at a Coen brothers movie. Mm. Christopher Nolan movie yeah. are these giant set pieces. The problem is you don't have a lot of time in those scenes to have people really communicate with one another. Yeah, you're, yeah, there's a lot of where, horror. and then when you actually do that, it feels weird. It feels, and like Christopher Nolan's not the greatest writer anyway. Like but then, out or, yeah. when you can do that in every scene in a movie, and you're the Coen Brothers, you create this thing where mm. none of it feels out of place, none of it feels like contrived, because mm. it's all in this little universe. Mm. And I can imagine when they're sitting there at their keyboard, you have a way easier time being a coen brothers still hard because they're writing genius work but like you get to be like okay world. this line needs to be this way where if you're Keep if you're hard line and you're yeah. like mm -hmm. okay the spaceship flies over it crashes mm -hmm. everyone gets ejected out the window right everyone needs to now talk about how they get to the island they're on the island someone has to say something a little bit poetic they're right. gone right right and you're like What's that poetic line? You haven't been able to write a poetic line for like 500 pages. Mm. And now you try that and the audience is like, what? Mm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's exactly what I was trying to say. And that's, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to sit here and, and, you know, knock any of those films. There's some great films that were made. You know, it's, it's all about the context and what it is that you go to see the film for and expect out of the film. Mm. But I find it extremely, um, I just, I just, I, I always, and, and like I said, in any art, right, in anything, if it's music and it's a, a band that has, just limits themselves to four instruments, but makes something extremely interesting in mm -hmm. a four instrument. Yeah, I'm like, wow, you know, you're 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 bounding yourself to something that is, mm -hmm. is it's a challenge, isn't going out and and blowing people away with right. with your tools. Yeah, but you're blowing people away with something simple. Right, and I I think that that is. Just one of the reasons why I've always been drawn to the Coen Brothers, you know. Um, a lot of film, and just a, one more thing. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of filmmakers can do it with tone, which is really cool when you can do that. You know, sometimes Fincher. you don't need this Fincher. dialogue. Yeah. Brian sometimes you don't need this dialogue that's absolutely like crushing. Totally. Agree. Some of it's just straight on the nose and like how people talk. Boom, right but yeah. you just have a way with your camera, and you have a way with editing, and you have a way with score that that's david that fincher. does that's david yeah fincher. that's david fincher yeah. that do, it does the work for you still a ton of work still a ton of thought and yeah like and a it, lot of a lot of detail well, but you just you find a way to deliver in the strengths you have and the coen brothers strengths uh, it for sure is dialogue and for sure is really fucking interesting characters character building yeah absolutely i just i just i just find it remarkable again i'm reminded from Rob's point about David Fincher, David Fincher's never written a script before. So when you think about that, you know, his filmography is looking at a script and figuring out and, and, and just fine tooth combing it, figuring out interesting ways to make it, to get across his point from a camera, right? And by that, I mean, you know, how do I, how do I change the 
the the the the, the power struggle in, in a in a scene of dialogue between three people how do i get it how do i make it so that it looks like this person's in control but no we're going to shift it now this person's in, he can do that because he doesn't write the thing right right he has to make it interesting but yeah. these guys are going from point a all the way through through, through point, point z, z. Yeah. yeah yeah right, right. to yeah. make the film they yeah. fucking edit the things too yeah. and like and the uh, t- uh, like to it, your point just, the, the, the auteur isn't even the word well to, to your me. point i'm yeah. not gonna yeah i don't like to sit here and be like well you know this these guys the fair way to look at it is like this is what they this is what this and i mean that's part of the reason why i'm as much of a fincher i mean i love fincher and i'm not gonna go he doesn't write his pieces oh, we're, we're gonna do the fincher pod yeah it'll be another one right that. but he i'm not gonna go he doesn't write it so i have less no, no it's, it's not what i'm it's saying it's all about this all. is this is what they're presenting with what they're with 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 what is with there the tools that they're given that yeah, is right. given and what do you do with it at that point and okay and uh, I mean, I will give all the credit to the Coen brothers and say that is fucking amazing that they are able to do that. I but I won't let that take away from somebody like Fincher. You know what I mean? Because Fincher does what he does. No. He does it really Listen, well. Listen, directing a movie is you know. impossible. Yeah. Making a good movie is impossible. Right. It's super rare. <laughs> whether it you doesn't wrote, happen a lot. Whether you wrote the thing or not. Right. Yeah, it's just hard to movie. make a good movie. Right, 100%. So, There's parts of movies that are good, but uh, like... Connor and I were kind of texting each other back and forth when he asked me to to do this podcast, and um, it made me just think like, okay, what what is a good movie? Like, what is that? And such a, to me, it's like yes, it's this it's this thing where start. when you see the credits start to come up and you see the title card or you see that first opening scene, you're like, you oh, get shit. that chill, <laughs> and you know best. it's that it's just that special type of movie where it's not like I'm watching it because I'm bored or it's not like I'm watching it because like this one part is good. You're watching it because right. it's this like really great thing that unfolds in front of you because yeah. like all the care and yeah. time mm. you can see it in it. The, the, and like that's yes. what's special. And like not a lot of movies have that. Well, I think I had you know one do that to me recently. It hadn't happened to me in a long time. And like a, a first watch one. Because the thing with the Coen brothers is I've grown to love these films. It's never, first, it's never the first watch. It's hardly me. ever been with them. But part of the reason why they really stick with me for such a long time is because I watch it again. I'm like, oh, that's really good. Oh, it's even better than it was before. But there are some filmmakers that I'll watch and I go, oh, fuck. Like from the first watch. Yeah. And it happened to me recently. And which? I, I, it, there's nothing better. Well, which was it? What was Phantom it? Phantom Thread. Oh, Phantom Ooh. Thread. I mean, I just was sucked in from the it's first It's probably because you knew. Because all of his movies are like it that. Didn't I mean, do, we could do another. We're going to do a PTA. It didn't do it to me. That's what's interesting. Oh, it did it to me. It man. didn't to me, do it to me first I, viewing. Well, I love PTA. But I watched it I, with I you it. for your first viewing. Yes, you did. And I was like, this is easily the best movie of last year. We totally missed it. Oh, it you just, guys fucked it, up. The Oscars <laughs> fucked up. It was, yeah. it was the best movie of last year by a long shot to me. And, I, and you know. Incredible film. The The. The time that that had happened prior to that was There Will Be Blood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and he had films before, between them. The Master was great. Loved it. Master kind of built up a little bit. I don't want to get too much about night. the PTA thing. 70 mil. But, but man, Phantom Thread did it to me. Yeah. And that, there's nothing better than what you were yeah. just describing. Where I mean, he was like, opening scene. Yeah, it's, the end, I was like, it's me, funny because I feel like it also has something to do. It's Well, what we're talking about is movie magic, basically. Right. Yeah. And... I think what a lot of that comes down to is anticipation meets expectation. Mm. Like it's rare. You're yeah, you're not you're not going to walk into a, you know, some donkey rom-com and sit down and be like, I'm about to get 
fucking, blown away. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm gonna be transported right now. Listen, I just but, saw the Grinch. I but, just saw the new Grinch this weekend. And I, you know, not that there's anything but, wrong with. But that. when you walk into you know a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, you're like you strap yourself in. Yeah, well, you just like you understand his pedigree. Right. You understand what he's about. You have to and like to re- to from it. opening frame, and this goes into people who know what the fuck they're doing. You're like, I'm gonna bring you somewhere, yeah. motherfuckers. Yeah, yeah. Coen Brothers do it. All, well, all the great ones, Spielberg. All the great ones know. They, do it. they yeah. know about that first five minutes. They know about what you got to do. They and know like, how important it is. Yeah, yeah. I they, think. Yeah, my yeah. and we'll 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 move on after this kind of little anecdote, but. It's happened to me. I don't. I'm not sure if it happens for the general public, you know. And, and there's not a condescending kind of. No, thing. I have one of those things where I I, I want it to happen but, for people. Well, I, and I always I try just to dig think, it out of them. It, it does this happen to other people? I just or? think when I talk to people about directors and they don't know who made their favorite movie, you know, it just it's kind of beyond me. And this is you know definitely like a definitely sound like an asshole right now. But I just <laughs> it just for me. You know, whether I'm going to the theater to see, you know, Hateful Eight on on a a 70 millimeter print of Hateful Eight in the theater, my heart's racing when the lights come down. Yeah. I, I, you know, I went and saw Silence in the theater, you know, not Martin Scorsese's best work. I I really enjoyed it. Before that, the lights come down and I'm going... I'm it's going a in on new Martin Scorsese, Scorsese movie, and yeah, I'm gonna go it on this journey matter. with this, yeah, with like this man. Yeah, ready. Because yeah. right. you know, it's a thing that happens, and you know and, that, and that, I will say, going for that, that, that's what they're. That's what why I was it's just an experience. Saying. It, that, it, it doesn't happen for me often with the Coens. I think because there's so much to to dig it's through. A different thing, yeah. But you, man, you know when that I, there's gonna be a lot thrown at you. They know about it though. You watch watch the watch the first five to ten minutes of any of their movies. Oh yeah, yeah. They know exactly what they're doing. One of their best. I was gonna say as an example of that was was actually their. I mean, Blood Simple. Blood Simple. We'll get to Blood Simple. Is is kind of one of those films that did that. Yeah, but I think. But that was after I understood what the Coen Brothers did. We'll we'll talk about that. But but for me, going to see Hell Caesar was an empty theater. It was me and my girlfriend and like two other couples. It was awesome, and I'm sitting in my seat like at the edge of my seat like a like a seven year old during that tap dance sequence with <laughs> with yeah with Channing Tatum like giddy with laughter. Yeah. yeah and yeah, I was yeah. like They're doing, is, doing it. They're doing, <laughs> They're doing it. it. They're really doing it. And I was like I just was like, yeah, yeah, I am yeah. gonna eat this the fuck up. Yeah. yeah, yeah certainly yeah. not my favorite Coen Brothers movie. No. But, no and but, they took me and you know But that's what that's, it's about, man. That's certainly a thing you know, we can we can go on about all the movies that that have kind of taken us well, places. Well, it's, it's just why it matters. It's just why it's why it matters. Yeah, yeah, like that feeling, although sp- special and like a lot of it. Uh, I think some of it also like boils down to nostalgia sometimes. But sure. like, I'm pretty sure that feeling just comes from like craft right. and like no well, like. You okay. you watch anything or read anything or hear anything that you can tell the person behind it like cared and was passionate about and like put work and and care and thought into and stuck it, to it. Yeah. If yeah. it doesn't show, then you're fucking it up. Yeah. Before we kind of get into the lists, so to speak, of our favorite versus best versus, you know, overrated versus underrated. Here's the filmography by year, okay? 1984, The Stunning, Blood Simple. Mm. 1987, Raising Arizona. 1990, Miller's Crossing. 91, Barton Fink. 94, Hudsucker Proxy. 96, Fargo. Mm -hmm. 98, Lebowski. 2000, Oh Brother. 01, 
Man Who Wasn't There. Oh three, Intolerable Cruelty. Oh four, Lady Killers. Oh seven, No Country. Oh eight, Burn After Reading. Oh nine, Serious Man. Twenty ten, True Grit. Twenty thirteen, Lewin Davis. Twenty sixteen, Hail Caesar. Twenty eighteen, Buster Scruggs. So, what what exactly? What is what are the lists? Why don't you lay out what the what we're picking here? <laughs> I want to uh, talk about. We're gonna, go ahead. Our favorites versus the best. The best. Okay, because that's a different. You know, you don't have to pick one and one and one. You don't have to do that. But I, okay, well, no, yeah, you no, kind of do. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Are we going? I just uh, want to talk about the diff. Why? Like why? Why what, that's different? And, yeah. Why that's different? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's Your favorite there. versus what you think they're best. Okay. Is. Okay. So hit me I with the right. Yeah. Okay. My favorite uh, is the Big Lebowski. Hundred uh, percent. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's. It's great. I, I mean, how can you argue? It's with that? so funny. Uh, <laughs> it it has so much of the Coen Brothers in it that I really like. But here's the thing that's cool: is I think their best movie, which is No Country for Old Men, is basically the same movie but done differently. Like Llewellyn and the dude are more or less the same guy. Right. They more or right. less go through. I mean, other than the dude doesn't die. Sorry, spoilers out there. Um, no, but that's a great, but like, great analogy. They, the same things happen to both of them in almost the same beats and almost the same. They're, they're obviously very different as far as like c- characters. Like they they're, have the same traits in their context. They're kind of not though. To your point, yeah, they they're are. Ha- they're like hapless, it, like neutral guys context, who get pulled into this thing. Exactly, and and I also believe like those type of characters are the ones who thrive best in the Coen brothers story structures where, you know, you need this person who's you when you're going on these journeys, they're pushed and, and they're pulled yep. and they're, and you don't have much, they don't have, you know, they're L- at the center. Llewellyn ultimately. definitely has more skills than the dude does, but right. still like doesn't, can't really thrive. You know, he's up against these odds that are like, you know, he was in Vietnam and he knows a, a thing or two about guns and he's very clever and like a tough motherfucker. So like that, Street that's good, smart. but he's up against the devil. He's up against, and he's up also up against the man. I mean, it, they're both obviously not, you know, wealthy by any means, right? They're right. both kind of the, the, doing their thing. Yeah. They're of sidelined by society wherever. Then, yeah. Right. Yeah. So. Like I like I was saying before, in their context, there's a lot of similarities. I've never heard that comparison. I think that's awesome. I think that's a great Rob, comparison. Rob, before we get to your well, we we said no country. What's your favorite scene? What's your favorite moment in The Big Lebowski? Like what what is it? What, like what's the one moment <laughs> that you okay. just go? There, these no. questions are never harder unless it's you know it can't be any harder when you're talking about the. Corners. It's actually not that hard. Yeah. Um. There's two of them, and they're right beside each other. I'm going to say the first one because the first one I don't think holds up to this. this the second one is def- okay. I'll just do it. So, <laughs> um, when the dude and Walter are out on the rock I, and they're spreading Donnie's ashes, I am with you a hundred percent. Oh, that's it's so perfectly yeah, it's absurd, executed yeah. oh. and it's, it's funny and it's sad and like, you actually, in that moment, I think finally actually get why the dude and Walter are friends. Because like most of it, you're like, boy, the Walter just annoys the dude all the time. Why do they like each other other than bowling? But it's like in that moment, you yes, realize you that it. there's there's a little bit more there, mm-hmm. and like they you get each the, other the connection with the but to the two of them. Yeah, wow. to me, 
the best moment is I think it's the last scene when we realize that the stranger he's not God, but he's pretty close. Right. Whatever God is in the mm-hmm. Coen Brothers movie. Mm-hmm. And he looks in the camera Coen and he gives his last little thing. It always makes me smile. And he's like, you know, the dude's out there, you know, uh, t- doing it good for mm-hmm. all us sinners. Mm-hmm. And he's like, boy, I hope he wins the championship. Like, Can you wrap like, it up any better? It's I mean, just like shit. really yeah. great. And generally a character like that doesn't work in a movie. You're, it's very, it's, it's, it's very pompous. It's very like... Like uh, yeah, yeah. you're you're taking a risk yeah, yeah. by having a character look right at the camera and be like, I'm gonna give a monologue. Yeah, it, but it works really I think well. One of the reasons why it works so well is that they don't overdo it throughout the film. Mm. It, there's very specific moments where he shows up, and it's always and at the bar. I right? also think there's just something in the tone of the movie where mm-hmm. when it happens and, and he starts it. Yeah, you just it. like you're not. You don't even think about it being like some like overly artistic choice. You're like that's right. This is exactly what we that's, need right now. That's exactly to right. Like, to get us to the end of the movie. Or, or at least to tell us like that we don't need to worry about the dude. And we don't need to worry about any of, any of right. the stuff that we just yeah. saw. And what a choice. Yeah. I mean, they couldn't have done it any better to get that feeling across. Yeah. yeah you know, like where... Because I, I every time I watch it, I watch the end of that film and that scene plays. And, I, puts and, I, really and I'm like, spot. yeah, you know what? We are okay. I'm not worried about yeah, the dude. Yeah, no, it's it's you know nice. like what, yeah, and it's I like mean, how that's just amazing. I could pick a, a bunch of other ones, but like I that one. No, it's great. You know, it was a great choice. I guess it doesn't help that it's the end. Like maybe that's a cop out by choosing like it's not the last a, it's not a end, cop but. out. I think that's a testament to the Coen Brothers because yeah. I don't think there's a lot of movies where you would go the end is one of the best scenes. There's not there's hardly any. The, I think. The, the last scene on and then you get the Towns Van Zant dead flowers over the end credits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. just stuff. A, just on. like a you know they. A serious man is one that I think about often, and I I I I almost agree with you. I think No Country for Old Men is probably the the best movie they could possibly make. I think it's really good. The craftsmanship of the direction is is what kind of pushes it over the top for for against every other movie for me. I I think it's the perfect kind of content for me to be entertained and and that's definitely a personal choice yeah it's not my favorite of theirs and it may have been you know five to seven years ago before i really dug through and and like got to the bottom of, right. of the cohen's kind of filmography but but no country if i were to ever make a film no country's the kind of movie that i would want to make that's would how i would it, want yeah. it to look yeah, yeah. and that's how the content you know oh, there's a I heroin can, deal gone acting. wrong and there's a bag of money and and it's yep. just there's also there's, a, and i just to like kind of like add on too. that real quick, there's a seriousness to it yeah that Unlike isn't any in any films. of the other that's movies exactly and like right. i don't know that it's a maturation of them because like you know they're in their 60s no i think now. it's They're, mccarthy yeah i think it's, I, I think the, it's, it's, the, it's definitely the source material yeah. and yeah. it's and it's definitely the actors as well who totally. can like deliver fucking big time but i yeah. laugh i still laugh in that oh movie. there's some there's funny moments but it so here here's the thing that's weird is i wonder if you took somebody who didn't know what the coen brothers were and what they stood for in, in their whole like okay a person who had never seen a coen brothers movie and present before, that and you show them three movies that are all coen brothers mm-hmm. yeah and you like let's say you show them Hucksucker proxy, mm. <laughs> tough. Burn after. No, reading. this isn't. This isn't working at all. Sorry. Hucksucker let's burn ch- Let's choose two that are really. So- Barton Fink and 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 Big Lebowski. Yeah. Okay. And then you show them No Country for Old Men. They might think that a that was different done by different people. Yeah. Different yeah. People. Oh yeah. I, I think there's no um, doubt. I and think. that to me is really fucking cool because 
I think that shows like growth in like artists yeah. when when you can you have these things and not to say like you're known for them and like you don't get not to say you're you're pigeonholed either but but you're exploring. Boy, they have a they have a style. It would be like if 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 Wes Anderson uh, came out and did like a like a Die Hard type movie. Mm-hmm. Right. People would be like, Whoa, yeah, well, that's yeah. not yeah. What's but you, but you would go, and if it, but and if it was good, yeah. yeah. But if it was good, like the Corn Brothers were able to do in that sense, you mm-hmm. would go, "Holy shit!" Th- like, wait a second, that is a whole nother thing. That's a whole nother set of skills there to be able to do that. I think because people in art, it's easy to get almost pigeonholed to like to use the word that you use into what it is that you do and how you do it. And I think whether it's music, movies, painting, whatever it is, if you're capable of breaking those boundaries down and creating something that isn't necessarily what you're known for making, but making it amazing Mm. in today's day and age, Mm -hmm. that is, is, that is incredible. Well, I think it's interesting, Rob, the point, you know, the, the maturation point that you made about that film, because no country for all men we're talking about, um, because I watch that movie now and I, and I, and it's almost understated the direction. Mm -hmm. There are choices that are made that I'm like, Oh, in my head, that's way more flamboyant. That shot, that pull away, or that yeah. you know, this is slow zoom. It's like it was so much faster in my head. Is that because you, because it's a Coen Brothers movie in your head? Well, I just think you know when I watch it, I just go, "There's so much discipline here," and I think that was the main. That's the, my main takeaway from that. They were so disciplined when making this film yeah. that it reads like you know a, a motion picture. It reads like yeah, yeah, you know yeah, they're yeah. painting this. And you can't say enough about Roger Deakins. I mean, if you're talking about the Clone we Brothers, could have a whole other podcast. About you, Roger you have to mention Roger Deakins. So there was the, the token Roger Deakins, you know, mentioned. He's as much a part of the look of their films, yes, as you know, and it's as, funny they, as they are, are I mean, with the writing of the films. If you and what's weird too is you know you get Roger Deakins and Big Lebowski, and you get Roger Deakins and No Country, mm-hmm. and yeah. you're talking about two completely, completely different di- aesthetics. Yeah. And, and that's two, the, two that's, completely different That's part of the story, right? Of it's the crazy. amazing aspect. And you're right. Absolutely right. Uh, no Country for Men is filmed, uh, photographed, like, spectacularly. It, yeah. it has, like, everything you want compositionally. Yeah. And also... So when you're filming action, it's really easy for... You know, well, yeah. Coen Brothers are like really like good at like knowing what to do and what not to do. But when you're filming action, it's really easy to think about. We just got to cover this. We got to we, we got to make sure make we have it, the coverage of this, yeah, so yeah. that it edits right. Right. Yeah, they go there's deep, a whole they go other thing when you're like, <laughs> I'm not even thinking about it as action. What I'm thinking about it is like tapestry of like motion Mm -hmm. like this will go here and then this will go here instead of like okay i know that this guy's gonna like pop up over this car and shoot a machine gun and then pop back down how am i gonna film that okay i'll film a medium i'll film it with a close-up and that'll be safe and that'll be but it's like okay i'm gonna do it in one shot where they're gonna fire across the street and then they're gonna move forward and then dip down behind this other car and then this other car is gonna drive by behind him and i'm he doesn't have a machine gun, and I am talking about No Country for Women, but yeah, like, I, know I think you know the scene I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yep. Fucking awesome, tense. Exquisite. You're like, is this guy going to get killed? Yeah. Right. 
because yeah. you're like, y- how could he get away? Yeah, right. it's good. The placement of the camera, I mean, zoom, yeah, that's good stuff. Where they are in terms of like the context of the, of the scene, especially when it comes to their action scenes in that film specifically, like that scene specifically. That spe- scene is a is a perfect example. You know, I think let's you're take, totally right. For example, the scene where he puts the cloth the the cloth into the tank, the gas tank oh, of the yeah. car. Yeah, that right. one's awesome too. And where the camera is placed in that scene. Yeah. yeah. Right. That's essentially an action scene because you're gonna get because you know it's coming. Right. Yeah. Yep. But the way they and the windows it, blow out and everything, yeah. I just, you know, I, for me, being somebody who's not a filmmaker by any stretch of the imagination, I wouldn't. I mean, you know, I would just the, the angle and where, like, the zoom on that would have been completely different in terms of what you think about when you, th- when you think about a scene. If somebody describes that scene to you before you've ever seen it, well, the it go- way they went about it, coming from behind the car as he walks up, yeah. It goes and with a close zoom. What Con- what Connor was it saying just tells is you you have, it, it, doesn't it, move, it doesn't zoom at yeah, all. You have, you have no, I'm saying where it is. The zoom of it, like on on, and he on comes the tail into the scene. And he yeah. Play, yeah. You um, have filmmakers who amazing, you know, know what they want, and you have a cinematographer who knows exactly how to get it. And mm-hmm. that that a, coupling of those two, because yeah. like you take a green director and a really great cinematographer, he might influence the director in the wrong way and you won't have the coverage. Right. And then the, it doesn't edit right, right together. It doesn't feel, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel te- you know, there's no tension or whatever. Yeah. And then, you, or you have the reverse. Right. You have a great director and maybe not a great DP who doesn't really know how to like mm. film action the right way. And now instead of getting a, like a really like chaotic, energetic edit, you have just like a, a one, like, you know, it's just like done in a one shot, which can be cool. Right, but like it has to be the works. right type of one shot. Yeah, it's yeah, it's man. Yeah, picking collaborators and understanding how to collaborate like through a career—that's one thing that like I, I, not to say I don't understand because I'm pretty sure it happens kind of naturally. If you're really talented, you you gravitate the and right get people will and, and go, orbit yeah. other yep. great people. But like, it's even that. you think about like you know, fuck man, the music and the Big Lebowski. Yeah. Uh, who is that T- bone? What's his name? Uh, yeah, yeah. Like what? Yeah. Dude, it's just like, here's how we're going to do it. Obviously it's, you know, Southern California. It's right outside of LA, but mm-hmm. not really LA. So it's going to be like, kind of like why, like honky tonk, a little less, of, like, put, wild less west. put together. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. then like there's punk rock in there yep. and there's, there's like a lot of great, like weird <laughs> art, like, art yeah. rock, like during some of the, like the, uh, the craft work the, knockoff the, or whatever. Yeah. Stuff. And it's like, yeah. shit, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you, I don't, I don't know that Coen brothers make those choices without collaborating the right way. Well, We'll get to we'll get to uh, sorry the collaborators. No, that's a good point. What's your but, what's your what's so, your what's your favorite? So, you said best. Best is no country. I mm-hmm. think that's and that was your best, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think. Oh God, I think my favorite's Fargo. It's just the one that oh. I think of mm-hmm. when I think Coen Brothers. You know, yeah. it's just the one. And, and um, Rob Rob stepped away. He just can't handle that answer. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's it's you know um, as a as a when you look at like the the um you know the kind of uh spectrum of the Cohen brothers you know they're ticking boxes on, on either side of the spectrum in their best films right yeah so you have the the comedy and the absurd and you have the especially with Fargo it's it's a you know a quote unquote true crime kind of thing it didn't actually happen but they present it that way and i think to me Fargo lands right on the ends of both ends of the spectrum it's it's sure. both at, at simultaneously the funniest 
maybe like the mm-hmm. funniest while being this serious. Yep. I think yep. Francis McDormand is is a is a treasure in that film. Mm-hmm. I think Rob and I were talking about the length of their films. That movie's about an hour and forty whatever it is, hour and fifty, hour and fifty five. She doesn't Marge doesn't show up. Marge Gunderson, the Francis McDormand she's not in the movie until thirty five minutes in. That's, her that's, first that's scene insane. is 35 minutes in. That is and she, super unconventional. She commands the picture. Like it, that's for sure. She commands the picture from there, from there on. Yeah. So, I don't even know how you write a script with your main character coming in the second act. I don't... It just doesn't... It doesn't... It doesn't... Again, it's so... It's 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 a masterpiece it's, for sure. It's, it's all of the things that we're talking about here, right? It's the writing of the script, I think, is brilliant. I, I laugh William out H, loud William every H. time. William H. Macy is like... William H. Macy is... is could ex- you have had anybody is, else play that role? He's so pathetic. Every time you watch it, you're just like... You feel for him so hard. You're just like, you are the biggest loser. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So and you're, you're not even sure that he's always been that way. Right. And you're not even sure... Because yeah. like, yeah, he's got a little bit of a life, yeah. but... Yeah, right. You're just like oh, you're you. Doing okay, so yeah, you're like, a fucking you, loser. I've yeah. only met you in this movie for like a day, and you fucked up. Yeah, like every, so every turn. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like That's that incredible. type of character so, is great. That's incredible. So you get and he plays it like you just. I go down the line and I check the boxes with that one, and yeah. I think that's the one. I, I think that's why it presents itself to me as my favorite. Yeah, because. Again, you're talking. We're talking about dialogue earlier. It's of the place, and it's exaggerated, and it's hilarious, right? And that's how people talk. If you've been, you know, it's how people talk out there. Yep, hundred percent. And and the photography, you know, yeah. Roger Deakins again. Uh, uh, it feels cold. I like watching that movie in the winter. It, it feels, feels it feels extremely cold. cold. Yeah, you know, and yeah, that, it's just uh, all. It's just all that of that ability. Scene in the dark. When the cop car comes up and finds the car that's flipped over, yeah, it, yeah, you're like you're shivering. You, when he steps out of that car, you're like, you feel that that you know when you step out of your car there's, and you've been in it for a little bit, yep. it's like boom. That, get hit no with that. There's a lot of scenes in that where I go, oh, I'm cold. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's awesome. They captured it. Just I think a lot, again that comes to back and the hotel the way, fucking the way they captured and like sort of like the desaturation of it. It's just like ooh, this is cold. There's you know? a um. A moment, and this is, I'll say this, this is probably my favorite moment. There's two, I'll say two, just like Rob did. Go ahead. Okay. There's a shot of William H. Macy coming out, overhead shot, pretty high up over, like as if you were on the you know, top of a building looking down on a parking lot. Um, the wordplay of lot, by the way, in that <laughs> exchange between Marge's dad, or not Marge's dad, uh, William H. Macy's... His father-in-law. His father-in-law, exactly. Yeah. So... Um, You're talking about when he comes out of the bil- out of the building to walk to his car. When he leaves yeah. that meeting, they're not going to give him the money because he's pre- he's presenting an absurd, uh, yep. you know, proposition. This is my deal. My deal. <laughs> he comes out, so he's walking. He's solo. There's only one car in the lot. There's like a couple of there's a couple of light posts. Right. There's like that the lot is like shot. completely covered. Like yeah. It's his car is the only one. There's yeah, that beautiful that shot, awesome. and he has to scrape the ice off of his fucking windshield, yeah. and he loses it in that moment, and he just start yep. swatting at the windshield and you know the absurdity comes down and he's upset but then he realizes i still have to scrape off my fucking yeah. windshield yep. <laughs> yeah know? and that moment gets me every time because like because it's life it's so real yeah it's so real the other one the other moment is and shane we'll get to you next the, the scene of uh with marge um when she apprehends buscemi's partner you yeah. know the guy who barely speaks German. yep Right. The fucking night. What about so him? when she after she <laughs> I'm trying to think of his name, I don't even think they it's spoken. That's a good, that's but, a good point. Oh, but anyway, <laughs> um she apprehends him. There, she's in he's in the back oh, seat. And she's talking she's to driving. Him? Yeah. And she's she gives that monologue and you're just like 
Is there a better actress out there, man? No, the whole thing is the whole thing moment, with yeah. that scene is like, man, like you love this character. And it's a beautiful You babe. love Marge, right? She's the most positive <laughs> you know? person living in a place that like it's gotta be extremely difficult to be positive. She's so positive and happy most of the time, right? But, but she, she gives it to this fucking guy. Yeah. Love you, Marge. In a way that is like very kind of like I'm your like a grandmother away. Yeah. Right? And totally. she's right on. And, and she goes, goes right back feel, she, and you and feel it. What's great is she goes right back to her life. Yeah. Right. And she's able to just... Like, and I guess you know, that, like, I don't know. I'm not even sure day. if that's, like, a message there. Because, uh, like, I'm by sure. all accounts, it's it's a it's a horrifying experience experience for everyone. Yeah. The whole story, being involved with it in any way or knowing any details about it. Yep. But she's just, like, you know, yeah. she's got a baby. Heck, Norm, you know we're doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, like, maybe <laughs> Two that's... Two more a, months. Yeah. It's, 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 it's Okay, amazing. real quick, I know we're going to get Go to ahead. you. Go ahead. That's what I missed from some of the Buster Scruggs stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that sense of optimism. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just like to let you know, there's just most of them don't end great. It's yeah. grim it's grim. Yeah. Yeah. It's one grim. you ends, said that. You one said that. ends well, most don't. And, and you know I and I and I I'm okay like with I, that right now. Just for so the audience and, knows I haven't seen it yet. But uh I'm with that concept without watching it. I'm, I can deal with that. I'll, I'll when I watch it, I'll see if that works. Well, I, I only but. bring it up because I, I, after saying that my favorite part of Big Lebowski was that ending part, and yeah. then hearing Connor talk you're, you're about that part in Fargo, that, I'm like, yeah, you're that's what I really yeah, yeah. like about the yeah, Coen yeah, Brothers yeah. is when they that, do that. The when ability they, to make they show smile. you all this shit, yeah, all this stuff that people, you know, and people drama, the, the darkness and of the messiness, world. and yeah. and then and and things are okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Like that's why people go to the movies. Totally. You want that? I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily call them optim, optimistic filmmakers, though. You know, I don't. No, think I, think, a, I think I think they're. I think, in a, a sense, they're actually oh, realists. They're yeah. all about like this is shit. This is shit. But don't go out there. Life is absurd. Bitching about it. Yeah, I guess, it, I guess it's everybody's I get, dealing with it. Yeah, yeah I guess it's yeah, more levity. It. Like, it's like, it's like, like look past it. Almost. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. I don't think it's that everything's great. All of this is kind of crazy. Like, but just being maybe it's just like just being normal is. Is enough. Okay. Yeah. 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 I like, think. I think that's kind of their outlook on life. I, like you know. when you get sucked into this, in the, into like Normal. complications and things that are like out of your control, and and you know everyone wants that of like, oh man, I just the wish drama. like I could go on an adventure, right. blah blah blah. But it's like maybe yeah. maybe that's not what like, you want. Yeah. Like norm- normalcy and being bored is probably is that's good. probably that's the, safe a good and that's thing and, and a place where you actually want to be. Thank All you. Right. So Shane, work. Hit me, hit Shane. All right. So I'm gonna. Um, this is not a cop out by any means, but I'm actually going to flip it a little bit to Connor's response and say that I think Fargo is their best, not my favorite, okay. um, for all the reasons you said. So I'm not trying to cop it out, but I think when you look at that, to yeah. your point of like being like you, you can check all those boxes, that is why I actually call it their best. Um, and man, uh, it, your answer was no country. I mean, that's right behind it. But I think. If you're looking at it from a filmmaker aspect, I think the the, the fact that they wrote it gives it the one notch. Yeah, I, I and I don't I it. hate doing that. I, like I like to look at everything inside of the context of what it was made and and judge it that way, not judging it next to the other piece and in, in the context of what, what you know how no, that I was think made. Ma- but I, think I just gotta give it to it, give it to them because of that simple check box being checked. You know, if you if you created that box, those that 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 list of boxes mm-hmm. that you check going down it. That's the one that puts it over No Country for me because I think No Country is a brilliant, brilliant movie. They were chosen though for No Country, which is interesting. Right. Yeah. Uh, 
Su- uh, some su- yeah, I can't remember his name. Made that some super producer bought because Cormac McCarthy was super hot. I think everyone it was, was Scott, Scott Rudin. Yeah, I Scott Rudin. Everyone was buying his his books. Got to give him a lot of optioned, and they were like, "Okay, who do we give this to?" And I would venture guess that they gave it to the Coen Brothers because of their catalog, because of their filmography, because of like what they had done. I would and not guess to say that like, they weren't expecting not, probably what like, actually they and got. like uh, you know I obviously your point is absolutely true. Like they didn't, you know, they adapted it, but I feel like without their pedigree and without their history yeah. and without their like training and 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 craft that yeah. they had like built out that movie yeah i don't know i no, don't know. i agree if, i agree with you 100 it's interesting though because and maybe this is kind of uh you know uh, monday morning quarterbacking but r- reading the book it, it, you know i get the coen brothers sensibility in it I, I definitely did you know you get but these, is that because you saw the film first Co- Maybe, maybe that's why, but I, you know, you can't really remove yourself from that. No, I know, you can't go backwards. But there are these dry, Cormac has a really dry sense of, he's a really twisted sense of humor. Right. You know, and whether he intends the moment to be funny or not is a different kind of question. I guess my question would be, you know, whoever, whoever made that decision to go after them and try to get them to make that film, were they expecting something more like Fargo? And get did, they, did they want they to want, tone did it? Did they want more of a Coen that's Brothers movie? Yeah, and I don't like saying that, but, but not, like we can look at their filmography and go, we know what a Coen Brothers boy, film, it, and it's in it, the truest sense of the word is, it, right? We other other than its that. title, it would have been nothing like the book if it had been that's like That's what I'm yeah. saying. So I wonder if it was a bit of a surprise. Well, I think, that, again, I think it's a testament to them recognizing a, a piece of art that yeah. it's like true grit. You know, respecting it. Let's just make this this story. Why not just make this story and make it look beautiful? True Grit's one of those ones that knocked me out when I watched it recently because of its composition. Yeah, it is a beautiful film. It's 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 beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. you know, and I think the same. It was kind of the same approach with No Country. They were just like, well, this book is brilliant. Why 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 don't we just write what's here? And don't get it twisted. They're adapting for the screen. Right. That's not an easy thing to do. No. Okay. They didn't write it from their heads, but you know, and I'm not like still, I said, I'm not discounting that at all. I I just think sure, like if I if I have to look at it from a from a just going down the list, yeah, I have to, and that's why it's not my favorite. What's although so, it's close. What's your What's your favorite? Let's get to it. So like my personal favorite, if I were to like put it on, it would probably be a serious man, because, and I'll, I'll tell you, take. I'll I'll say. So the difference for me, like between my favorite, and it's up there for me. My favorite and and the best. Here, here's here's why it is right, and, and and it comes down to what the differences between those two are, what the the meaning between those two are. Their best, I can look at and go, man, I don't think they they fucked up anything here. Mm-hmm. Like this is oh, all right. So their best, many. <laughs> let me let me put it in like simple terms without talking about a list, right? Their best is what I would say is the most complete representative piece of what a Coen Brothers film is, right? And that's based on what their film their filmography and looking at like the the I think we could all agree that like if you were just to think okay the Coen Brothers are going to make a film what would you think it would be without knowing anything about the plot or you know who wrote it or anything you'd say okay there's going to be a certain amount of comedy in there there's probably going to be some gore some crime and some crime yeah and and like fantastic acting and fantastic writing to me the one that does that the most is Fargo it's just front to back has everything that that um yeah that characterizes what the Coen Brothers are. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so that's that's in 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 a nutshell why that's I think their best film. My favorite is the one that I can sit down and and not really have to think about those things so much, or um, I just get a certain feeling from that I enjoy it. for some reason, and I don't even know why. I you, sometimes you, you enjoy yeah. watching that movie. That I movie love, gives you joy. I love that movie. I think that movie's oh, funny as hell. Love it. Oh, love I it. like God, it too. The movie gives me fucking anxiety. Yeah, yeah. So does it doesn't. Well, it's, tough. it's like watching Meet the Parents. It gives me anxiety, but a lot of the, <laughs> a lot of their films give me anxiety. <laughs> but I love that movie. But there's I a certain really part. Do. There's a certain. Um, I think it's hysterical. I think that's one of the reasons why I like I it because I because I actually I laugh my ass off every time. I Yeah, watch I mean, film. I guess it's just that like, it's bleak. Guy can't. You, how can a guy get any get any worse luck? How could a guy like get knocked down anymore? Yeah. Yeah. I just, oh God, I but hate again, that. It comes, but again, it comes, I hate that. I, I guess I'd it, rather have like a hapless character just like, you but know. I guess what it comes down to is like kind of what we were talking about before. Like, um, your, again, almost, he's another, he's, he's comparable to like, to Lebowski and, 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 uh, uh, yeah. Uh, uh that's a good point. I mean, Llewellyn they probably Moss. all Llewellyn are. Moss, he's a, he's your normal guy. Living just in the, trying to get in the sixties, yeah. right? It's almost a myth it's of Sisyphus and gets kind dragged of vibe. to shit, yeah, right? And there's true. a certain that's part a of it point. that, like, I can relate to. I think that most people could be like, sometimes shit just happens, right? And it's you a, get sucked it's in. A, it's an Albert Camus, and, and we all have those times, Sisyphus kind of thing. I think at, at, story at, during our life where, like, you're just like, man, how many more things could go wrong, right? Right. Yeah. It's so it's funny too because, and I think we already talked about this, but I I think you could bring it up again about a, a serious man is, uh, they're always out of their, you know, the main characters are always out of their league. Like they're just like the second they think they're on top of it, yeah, it's just like rug gets pulled out. Again. Mm. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then like, well, yeah, it's I, like you know the bar mitzvah goes all good for Danny and you know, mm-hmm. he's holding his wife's hand again at the, yeah. you know, after, and you get a sense of Abelman's past and you know, they're, they're finally okay with everything. You right. Know? There's a, there's a moment of, of hope and, um, and then the of, doctor calls and the storm's coming. So, you know, I mean, the ending to that film is just blows me away every time. It really affects me. So that's another one. Another yeah, reason why. But I think my favorite, my favorite scene out of that film would probably be when he is, um, teaching, and oh, yeah. and he's kind of explaining, uh, what is it, Schrodinger's what yeah, is it? Schrodinger's, Schrodinger's paradox. paradox. Yeah, there's is something the cat about dead that or scene. Is the cat not dead? That is like in, in its simplicity. <laughs> I mean, when you listen to what he's explaining, yeah, like you don't even have to know the, what he was saying before that. You just go, you know, he's, is the cat dead? It's the physics, or is the, the cat, math. Is the right. cat not dead? Even and, even and I that's don't Schrodinger's yeah. paradox, and it's just like. They're wrapping up the whole, con- the whole, almost the theme of the film in, in, in this one little scene where he's presenting it to the mm-hmm. people. And the question is, you know, it's a simple question. Is it dead or is it not dead? Yes right. or no? Like, uh, Stro- good or Schrodinger's, bad? Schrodinger's. Schrodinger's paradox, yeah. And I think that's the essence of the film is that, like, ups and downs. And it, it's, re- well, it's capturing a, a bad part of the, uh, this guy's life that I think happens to some degree to everybody in some manner. Yeah, and I think there's uh, there's a certain amount of uh, amount of it that I can relate to, that I think is comforting. I think that's probably why it's my favorite favorite film. Let's talk about overrated, underrated. Um, yes, I think there's many that are underrated in my mind. I think there's a lot. There's more that are underrated than than that are overrated. I just I, I, mean, I don't yeah, think uh, overrated Coen Brothers. Uh, there's only tough. a couple. I think maybe one. Yeah, me, I mean, I me. think well, the one for me, I Two think, I is probably blasphemy, but. I'm scared to say because I, I, I agree um, with you. But I, I just think Blood Simple gets overlooked a lot. 
Blood Simple is a is is a yeah, is first a, movie is a masterwork of a movie it's, on a, on the level of. But even most of, people don't know great great filmmakers' first movies. It's just like how but, it goes. But even the fact that it is their first movie makes it that much greater to me. That I go yeah. like it's it definitely holds this, up. And when I watched it, I was really excited yeah. to see You're, what the Coen Brothers' first you, film. Was yeah, like. well, if you watch it. I loved it. And you didn't know it was their first film, yeah. you wouldn't know it was their first yeah, film. Yeah, right. I kind of There's agree, a right. lot, like, almost all of their little technique is already kind of there, which is fucking crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. They made it, it in, what was it, 84, 6, 84, something. Like, 84. Fucking years before mm-hmm. the real Coen Brothers style is like the, the type of shit, you know, uh, you know, light blasts coming through bullet holes and and uh uh people getting chased you know there's a moment with a ceiling fan i remember specifically being like that is such a cohen's moment you know but that's the thing with that film i think the the the, it's how can like what you're saying that if you didn't know it was their first you wouldn't think it was their first no you would that's part of the reason why i think it's amazing yeah, and, and overlook. Yeah, how many filmmakers have that sort of first film where they they have identified and defined themselves right from the get go, and have essentially stuck with it, mm-hmm. right? There's a lot of good comparisons between Blood Simple and Fargo, arguably their best film. Mm-hmm. That just that's amazing to me. I, I you know you can go through a lot of great filmmakers filmography and and never experience a first film like that. Yeah. So I think I I agree hundred percent. I think that's so underrated. Well, I just people pa- and people mention it. They've seen it. People have seen it. Yeah, and they kind of pass over it. Like, yeah. all right, there was blood I'm simple. In, I'm interested to see what what I people are, what you guys are going to say with over with overrated because I don't even know what that means. And I want to hear what you got because like we're, just, we've been we've been uh, just so everyone out knows out there we've been watching a Coen Brothers movie this whole time and I believe it's it's as far as their movies go it's it's one of their weakest ones and I'm not going to say which one it is. We all know because we're sitting here watching. I won't it, but put it. I definitely wouldn't. It would not. This film would definitely. But the thing is, I wouldn't. Top half of my. Okay, let's say we're, we're, we've been watching Hail Caesar. It's been it's been on in the in the and just to keep us going in the mood. Yeah. I, I don't like it, as far as the Coen brother. Like it's it's just kind of meanders and and I it has these amazing actors and I don't think they really do much in it. Here's the thing. I don't think it's overrated. Yeah. It's a better movie than most movies. So I'm really excited to see what you guys are going to say for overrated Coen Brothers movies. So that point will eliminate one of the two I was going to say. Well, I just... I'm going to go with Raising Arizona. I'm just... I, I can't... To me, it's Raising Arizona. I can't... I just don't like it. I just don't like it. I think... I well, think it's, going, it's, and I've tried. it's pretty fucking wacky some, for no some reason. People, <laughs> some people love that. All well, the shit... You know, the, no one always... And I'll, I'll, it, this is funny because I think you guys are actually right. And, I'm, and now that you said it, I'm like, you're right. The scene in the nursery is what makes me start... Sh- I'm like, fucking done. I'm done with this. I just, what is this? Yeah. It's it's just... It doesn't do You guys it. know what I'm talking about, right? It doesn't yeah. do it for me. It's been a while. It's I know what you're talking about. So well, it's, it's not a coincidence that they were hanging with Sam Raimi. Right. You oh, know? yeah. Oh. Wacky, think, wacky, like, uh, fisheye lenses and like... I just, there's I, a lot of that. I, I can't wrap my head around... And I think a lot of it has to do with um, the people who grew up the people who were old enough to see that movie when it came out, I'm retro fitting these movies into, you know, I, I know I started caring about the Coen brothers late. I didn't, you know, 
Yeah. I'll, I'll give you the the fact that I didn't know who directed every movie I saw when I was in when we first started, not, you know, 7th grade, yeah. whatever it was. Right, right, right. No country really really fucked me up that, enough that's to where be it like who yeah. made this, you know? Like I know who made it. I knew who made it at the at that time and I was really interested in seeing it. Well, 2007 as far as story was, goes. 2007 but, was one of those years. So when you're retro actively when you're going back through the catalog which i did uh, and i went back and watched them all that's just the one that i just went i i just can't wrap my head around this. i've tried i don't understand why people and I like it i want to like it i want to love every Coen Brothers sure. film do you people really hold that one up i'm not sure that people, people yeah hold, people are hold you that sure yeah. yeah people hold that one up yeah huh. i think Check people in their late 30s and, and like i said people who were, like came up with the Coen Brothers. They love it. Some consider it. I think the first like thirty minutes are great, and then it, yeah, and then well, I, I mean, yeah. you could say the same for Hudsucker, but I think Hudsucker is still a better Hudsucker, movie. Hudsucker, I li- actually like Hudsucker because the first the first time I, I watched Hudsucker, but I really like it. it's weird. But there's something about it that I can I can I can dive in on it. I can, the, it definitely is better than Raising Arizona. Yeah, the pace of the first you know whatever 25, 30 minutes when I initially watched it knocked me out. It knocked my socks off. I was like, "How have I not seen this?" Yeah, I remember you telling well, me this is the most incredible thing. That, like, like I, you gotta watch this. It's film. almost like it's like the it's away. like the per, like for like an opening of a rags to riches type movie. It's like perfect. Yeah, I think like it's perfect. For it's, I mean, there was a while executed, where like I like, actually Hudsucker was like really high on my list right after it was one of those films. It was one of the few Coen Brothers films that I watched and loved it right away. And it actually went has gone sort of in the other direction now. Where the other ones keep going up, the great. I think they're trying up. to make something main, like kind of more mainstream, which is fucking weird because it's a weird movie. But yeah. I think they were trying to make something more like, yeah, family friendly, more user friendly, yeah. more like, yeah. okay, this could make a box office yeah. and like lots of people can like get it. Like right. almost like I, it's weird. I get like a like a Forrest Gump vibe. Yeah, vibe off vibe. I get a Forrest <laughs> Gump vibe from Hucksucker. Yeah, I, like I, it's it's that type of like. Yeah, yeah. Here's a guy. What does he know? What doesn't he know? Right. Oh, he's good at a thing. Maybe he's meeting some people. People right. like him. He's shooting to the top. Okay, he makes an enemy. And like, that's like a like that's a that's about like as boilerplate, sorry, boilerplate <laughs> like structure slash like character arc yeah. as you can get. Yeah, yeah. Some people that's do it with crazy nuance, like Paul Thomas Anderson. Yeah. Like all, if you wa- like, and I don't want to go off tangent here, but like. I've maintained this. All of his movies are just rags to riches movies. Every single one of yeah. them. It's about guy. Guy wants a thing. Guy tries to get a thing. Guy gets the thing or doesn't get the thing. Like right. all of them it, and, are that. And, and just especially the ones as of late, just character studies in that sense. That's all PTA does, and he does it very well. And and but, that's and that's what the Coen Brothers tried to do there. Yeah. And I'm not sure that they had the tools at that time to like handle that because like again, I think they thrive in the in the farce, in the comedy of errors, yeah. in the, in the, in the, you know, like, uh, the, the crime, dra- crime mystery kind of genre, not the, I'm a guy and I had an idea and now I'm, and now I'm, I'm there and the it. owner of the, of the company loves me. Like, that's a great point. It, yeah. it doesn't have enough nuance or like weird little, uh, caves to crawl into and explore as yeah. like most of their movies. Yeah. Do. It's not as intimate. That's a good point. Yeah. I think as far as underrated goes, I think intolerable cruelty gets a bad rap. I do. I agree. I just think. I love um, that film. I, I really like that film. I think it's hysterical. 
I, I don't yeah i don't think people like take it seriously enough whereas it's almost like some people talk about the lady killers more than intolerable and intolerable is just a like it's way far better. superior movie movie to way me better i think that and um it's been so long since that and burn after reading it's funny to me. it's funny it's very weird. similar and i love them both burn after reading i think i know i think it's gets overlooked the man who Looks, wasn't there yeah. is fucking awesome also I, if you guys had that right it's now like i should get home but if you're like let's watch that i watch it and like <laughs> yes it's you guys just, probably like that a little bit more than I, I, do. I love it. I actually do love it. I think Billy Bob's so against type and so understated. I think his performance is brilliant. No, I think I have no qualms with with him and his performance. And I just the movie just. I don't. I don't not like it. We're talking inside the context of Coen Brothers film. So if I say like I don't love it, you know, I still like it. it's a great film. It's Coen Brothers they, like compared to outside but in the list of coen brothers films i think you guys probably would have that higher than i would i think well it's just it's just like masterfully shot yeah and again yeah maybe I need and to watch the it again. story is pretty good i, think I mean so. like i think like that's right near like as far as you know man who's like kind of given this sh- like you know misunderstood or given this sh- like the yeah. shitty end of the stick yeah like that's getting a little bit closer to like what they serious do man. right yeah right. serious sure. man yeah so yep. they you know they yeah. tread in these waters that like i think if you made like a graph and you and you mapped out the characters and stories of each of them you could. the ones at the top would probably be very close to each other yeah. Yeah. like as far as like character and story yeah, yeah, yeah. and the ones at the bottom would be like outliers cuz they tried not to, to say tried to do what they couldn't do but like they just get well, they just get that type certain of things. Thing. They just do really well. Yeah, yeah. I think and they had. You're, a, I think you're spot on with that. I, I think, think you actually wrote them out. I totally agree. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. Yeah. I, and I, I won't do that. I think that's impossible. But um, but there are films like you think about it changes their, every day. Their filmography is so big, but there are films where you go like this one's kind of like this one, or like this yeah, one. Yeah, and this yeah, one. Yeah, like totally, I always totally. like think I think of like we said, Burn After Reading and um, Intolerable Cruelty. It's not yeah. similar films in yeah. their own way to me. And then you look at like Fargo and Blood Simple, sort of a similar kind of thing going. Like, I don't know. And I, you know, I, I don't want to dive too far into why, but there's just something about those films that like are similar. It's a serious man and, um, and, uh, what did we just say? Yeah. Um, uh, the man, uh, what was the film we were just talking about? Serious man and, the man uh, the man who wasn't there. Serious man and the man that wasn't there. The thing is like Miller's Crossing is in those, in that space. Yeah with those guys well like it's not as good but it's definitely there of like guy who's misunderstood and kind of dark and maybe knows a thing that he shouldn't and and that character you know that's that yeah yeah but to I, me I, like if you know if you're talking about the top core they're very similar Barton, it's Barton it's pink and miller's crossing i don't know if it's the the time period, the yeah. time period that, but again they've always had a similar kind of thing well I think like are partners to me for some reason. There's always, I feel like they're always they're just to like cut in real quick. Yeah, I feel like they're always writing something while they're filming. Always, I think they've and always like, got something. In and their I back think pocket. that's why. You, and I think because I think you're right. I, they back they back. come yeah. in like pairs. Yeah, like they the f- yeah. like <clears throat> spurs ideas. Yeah, I mean yeah. Big Lebowski and Fargo. Yeah, although they're very very different, like they they look and feel very similar. Yeah. Well, yeah. like they're, they're definitely story wise and character wise. Like, like they, yeah. they do a different thing. Kind of, 
but like feel and craft yeah. and like and like where they are in their career wise <laughs> you would watch like, those and almost guess yeah that there were they were made back to back yeah you know it's no coincidence that that 96 and 98 are like peak it's hard to argue that those two are their like peak moment as far as filmmakers oh, go huge. and then you have and old then brother you get, then you get old brother which, which is, we haven't talked about yet which really uh, I mean, there's I, a couple that we haven't talked about that I kind of want to touch really on here. Like that Big time overrated. You think so? I mean, underrated. Sorry, 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 underrated. sorry, sorry. I was yep, gonna, I was big gonna, time underrated. I was gonna hardly. I was gonna disagree hard for sorry. a second there <laughs> yeah. for the first time. I, I love. I love. I think I love it's really it. good. Yeah. I think that movie's really good. It's always. It, it came to me at a period where, um. You know, I was exploring musically. I was exploring folk music a lot at the right. time. Right. It just came to me at the right time. Yeah, sure. You know, we, I was really diving into. Americana. That was a big. It was a huge soundtrack. Yeah, yeah again, I think it was a big Burnett. movie because it was. I think it was because it was coming off of um, <clears throat> Big Lebowski. Lebowski and Fargo. Yeah, that everyone was just like, What's "This next? is the next one." What's next? Well, yeah. I, think, I remember even my parents talking about it. I remember it being spoken. Like, I didn't know. When and like, was I was like, thousand. I was young. What? Yeah. I was really and good. I think my parents like went and saw it in the theater. I was like, in seventh yeah. grade. It was like a big it did deal. Reach, it did reach a certain kind of uh, quadrant that that maybe the previous didn't. But you got to remember, Lebowski wasn't a hit in right. theaters. Right, it yeah, wasn't came, a big. Fargo became a cult. Came, became a cult people freaked him. out over Fargo. Fran won the you know the, the Oscar for it. Yeah. Um, and and Lebowski came and people didn't really know what to make of it. They didn't get it. Yeah, people didn't. And I, you know, it's again, an odd that movie. It, it now just, it's, you look back on it and it's like holy shit. But I can imagine seeing it in a theater to be like, when's what? something gonna happen? Yeah, I remember right. the first time I watched it. I didn't love it. No, I, I I maintain that. I managed the to learn a lot about it actually uh, before seeing it for the first time because I knew people who were older than me that were talking about it. So I understood it to a certain aspect like what it was, but but I didn't like really uh-huh. get it right away. I, I had it. But I had I it. it but I had it. Good enough for me to watch it again. I was like, I remember, it was like right at the end of high school and like into college. So I was going to film school. I don't even think and, I'd seen it yet. <clears throat> and I had a friend who was like going through Coen Brothers movies is like, hey, when's the last time you watched like Coen Brothers movies? And like, I think I knew, I, I knew about Fargo yeah, and maybe even like, uh, um, maybe even uh, O Brother Where Art Thou at that point. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I know that shit. And yeah. you know, I was also smoking a lot of weed. He's like, mm-hmm. have you seen The Big Lebowski? Right, and right. I had not. Right. But yeah. like I knew Coen Brothers and he right. sat me down and he's like, and he he was like, get ready. Yeah, yeah. And like we smoked a bunch and well, that's it, the way to do it. It was like rock and roll. <laughs> right. Okay. I, I, okay. I yeah. remember watching and just being like, this is a movie. If well, I, I think, had, if yeah. I had done that, I probably would have had the yeah. same. I, and I, it was, I and I was also in like a really special place because like, and there's nothing the more, there's nothing more degenerate and like misguided than a film like a film student in his first year of film school because you believe <laughs> everything is possible yeah, right, and yeah. you believe everything you're seeing and watching and learning is like oh, gonna wow. teach you how to be this like genius yeah. and so like you're high you're and you're bringing, watching you're, it you're watching in, a masterpiece man. and you're just like i am learning everything i'm, I'm learning watching so much. i'm staring into the eyes of god i remember and being that way we yeah. were, there was a I time i mean i'm not way. even a film like i was never really even aspiring i'm still but like, I, to I remember there notes. was a time where it was like everything kind of just opened up yeah. right coen yeah. brothers became and then like quentin you know quentin and, Scors- yeah, and scorsese like, and all these I'm films learning about how to be a human you yeah. know like like a film like fucking um, um king of comedy king of, like Woo. that that was the time 
where I was like, you know, I'm going to dive in on movies are real. Talk about underrated. Understand the art of film. And then like, I, that was the best time because I went hard. There was so many that I hadn't seen. So many that I hadn't seen that like you could get, you, you finally yeah. go all right I'm gonna I'm gonna there's, I'm gonna be accepting of there's nothing like all about. there's nothing that like fun. that, that and I fun. I hope it still happens out there in this world so where right, you missing out if well you you just start to like mature in your brain and like you you get a, you become a little more elevated than just like dumb action schlock or whatever is out there than just sitting back and yeah room. you you watch. And like, well, like this will probably digress back into being like sucking like our tours dicks. Okay. But like you, <laughs> That's what we're here for. well, you just, you, you value yeah. the craft. The you art. value yeah. like a storytelling technique or you value. Okay. I remember the first time I saw Memento. I was just like, yeah, I, I like sat on the couch after it ended and it was just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how can you? Yeah. What? How did you write that? How did you do it? Yeah. How do you, how do you think like yeah. that? And you know, and it's that type of like mental growth or like that type of challenge that a person took on. It wasn't just making a movie. Like somebody the sat thing. there and like thought this that's shit through, and like I was, I was like, this is that. more than a movie here. And like it's that those type of moments where you like love it a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit how how much sucking dick it sounds like, or how much of an Suck asshole you sound dick. like. Or a pretentious prick, you sound like. The it, bottom it, line it, is it that matters as an. The art bottom form. line is that these artists did these things and made these decisions, and that's what a lot of people don't understand about directors. Everything is the decision. Is a decision. Yeah. And so they're. It's not meant for it to be just looked past, right? You're doing a disrespect to. You're, you're disrespecting the artist by, by just going, man. This is an entertaining film, right? Look at all the stuff that's moving on the screen. But like, if you if you like, they didn't do that or put that on the screen or make that camera movement for you to not notice it. It's meant to be noticed, and that yeah. is where if you can understand that that's how you're supposed to watch a not supposed to watch a film, but these specific films are meant to be watched that way, and you can you, you then you grow to appreciate it so much more than just another film. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. can really grow to appreciate the effort and thought gone into it as a piece of art. And that is when I get like uh, well, just so much. I get so inspired by these guys. I think it's just, and that's when you can really separate the good ones from the bad ones, as far as I'm concerned. Totally, I think I totally agree. I think it's uh, you know talking about the Coen Brothers. You're talking about arguably the greatest working American directors, um, if for no other reason than consistency. We we talked about most of their films. We didn't even talk about all of them, you know. And when you talk about uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve, fourteen, sixteen, eighteen, eighteen they've feature made eight, films. They've made eighteen movies. Eighteen wow. feature films, and there isn't one that's not worth seeing. You know what I mean? Like right. their stuff is better than most. Their bad stuff is better than most. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like oh, so, yeah. when it comes down to talking about an artist this way you know and i don't it's not it's not a thing that i like feel the need to to let people know that that these people are out there it's just a thing that ends up blowing my mind time and again with each subsequent film that they make and each subsequent viewing even you know i it's from the carter burwell scores to the roger deacon cinematography to the coens themselves editing their collaborations, which we didn't get to, their collaborations with their actors and and say, like I just mentioned, Carter Burwell and 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 Roger Deakins, they know exactly 
how to present the thing that they wrote. And we've said it uh, 10 times on this podcast alone. That's really hard to have a vision as someone who's in the middle of making an album, as someone who has thought about making films, as someone who thinks about art a lot. It is really hard to have a vision, complete vision. And and they do it time and again. It's close to impossible. Why not celebrate? This, you know, no. Why not celebrate it? I just it think needs to be. It needs to be talked about. Oh, 100 percent. I think, like you said, going back to just the the the, the sheer uh, quantity of films that these guys make and are able to to put out. I mean, you look at somebody like PTA. That's more of the pace I would expect from a great filmmaker because I mean I can't imagine how hard that that is to complete that thought right from start to finish and the fact that they're able to do that as as much and often as they do jesus to support that they've never gone three years without putting a a motion picture out that's insane the longest is three years it's the longest hammering on it but and and the fact that they still get to make movies is is maybe maybe this is maybe this is something beatles making a record every like that as often as they did sure you know it's like jeez i'm not sure if this is a good way to wrap it up or close it out but like i think we started talking about this at the beginning and maybe it's a cool thing to talk about now is I wonder, and they're not, you know, they're not very public guys. So it'd be really tough to know how they felt about this or what their process is, but having a person to bounce your work off of who you trust and who yeah you love, yeah, but you're also in the exact same profession you have the exact same vision somehow yeah and you love the same type of stories and story structure and story presentation and the same aesthetic whether the, all that was just learned together whether they developed it together like uh, you know that's probably true but that's what happened that's an amazing thing and i wonder like what that must be like you know as someone who writes a lot yeah to have somebody to be there with you through the yeah. process, whether in person or, you know, over Skype or whatever, however, wherever they do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, obviously there wasn't Skype when they were first right. starting out. So we'll say it was in person. <laughs> that connection and that like growth. I think that's is I, insane. I think that's something that's overlooked a lot with it. Cause the like kind of to our point before we forget yeah. that it's two people. Yeah. So it's, and I'm not blaming people like that. It's overlooked cause it's easy for us to do it too. But I think when you look at the fact, like we are just, we're, we're obviously in, in love with what these guys do and, and can talk about it for hours and hours. Mm-hmm. But I think when you, for, when you, when you dissect it down to the point that it's two people that are able to do this together, and share that vision it makes it even that much more incredible i think i think Mm -hmm. and i think it it is also uh kind of a statement that you that 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 is something that can be really beneficial to to other people having that thing that maybe some people don't that you something you might not think about like if you can find that person that is like kind of has those like-minded in whatever it is that you do um, I think that really could help. I, I don't know if these films would be as good if it was just one of them. I don't know. I would I would guess that uh, they they probably wouldn't no, be. Probably wouldn't be. 
Because whatever it is that if, they have together, I, mean, I don't have working. a brother, but if I ever tried to write a script with my sister, it wouldn't have worked out. <laughs> That's what I'm and saying. And like the so. fact that they've like got like they've stuck with it, and this is their process that like they are each other's partner well. in this. So I, it's you know, it's, <laughs> it's pretty remarkable. Think, it's something to think about. You they, know, just like the collaboration idea with like-minded people and what what that does to ideas. They are easily, you know, at any given day they're my favorite filmmakers working. Um, always in the top three. You know, we'll get to the other directors if we we should continue to do this uh, director series. Um, watch the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Watch the whole catalog if you haven't seen them. Rob, thank you for doing this, man. Shane, no worries. Fucking awesome. Hey, a lot of fun, man. I Thanks. Could go, I could keep going. A lot of fun. We'll keep it going. We'll uh, we'll come back. We'll do we'll do some more. This is fun. Want to tease what's next? What would you rather do next? Shout it out. Let's hold, let's hold ourselves ideas. to it. A couple ideas. Hold maybe? ourselves to it. I want to do I would love whoever to puts a movie out or a, um, a project out next, which it, Tarantino or Scorsese. No, I think it's either Fincher or, or Paul Thomas Anderson <laughs> to me. Uh, that's, that's who I want to do next. So, or oh, I thought you, you know, meant like who's having a Let's just do Paul out. Thomas Anderson. I, I was going to say that would be my next. Let's just do it. That, that would be my pick. Okay. So. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do him next time. Totally. Because that's... That be a good one. There's a there's far less catalog to get through, so we can but, actually but knock could, it out. You know, there's a lot to lots say. to talk lots about. Lots to say. Thank you guys. Thanks all. Thank you. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, SlackyBrown.com. Go to the, go there every day. Read read what Casey's cooking up. Um, and uh, thanks for listening. We'll get back to you soon. Peace. Send me dead flowers to my wedding And I won't forget to put roses on your grave And now when you're sitting back In your rose pink Cadillac Making bets on Kentucky Derby Day I'll be in my basement